Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we'll read these verses in unison, then my wife will sing a song for us, then we will look into the Bible here. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4, let's stand together as we read. And uh, Brother Rob, I forgot to turn the piano mic on over there, if you would hit the, you know, got there. All right, it's making sure. Hebrews 2, ready? Let's read this together. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. And let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your blessings. I thank you for your precious word. And I pray now that as we look into your word, that you'd speak to our hearts, have your way among us, please. And uh, I pray, please, that your, that your word's life-changing power would be manifest in every heart this morning. Thank you for loving us. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be seated, please. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe, and I owed a debt I could not pay, but he chose to live and die for me, suffered my shame and agony, even though he knew what I would be. to the fatherless, a friend that will never leave, a brother that stays by your side no matter what your need. He loves you, that's why he died upon the rugged tree. And with the blood of that precious lamb, your soul can be set free. I was in a storm, I could not find my way. Pain and sin surrounded me like rain. Then Jesus rolled the clouds away changed my life turned my night to day and with open arms he showed what I could be he's a father to the fatherless a friend that will never leave a brother that stays by your side no matter what your need loves you that's why he died upon the rugged tree 
And with the blood of that precious lamb, your soul can be set free. He's a father to the fatherless, a friend that will never leave, a brother that stays by your side no matter what your need. He loves you. That's why he died upon the rugged tree. And with the blood of that precious lamb, your soul can be set free. He loves you. That's why he died upon the rugged tree. And with the blood of that precious lamb, your soul can be set free. Thank you very much. Let's pray. Father, speak to us, please. Nobody here has time for just a speech that the pastor came up with. We've got to hear from Almighty God. Lord, I will stay with your word to enable that to happen, but I pray that your spirit would take your word and let it work deeply in our hearts today. Please help me, I pray, to be brief and succinct. Get the message across clearly, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. We read, therefore... We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. There's a great challenge in that verse, and we're going to look at every element of that challenge. First of all, I want you to see the challenge itself. We ought to give the more earnest heed. Now, give heed is not a phrase that we use so much. We would be more likely to say, pay attention. Give our attention. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, we ought to give our earnest attention. That's the challenge. When he says the more earnest heed, I believe he's saying that we ought to pay better attention than we ever have before. Our natural tendency as human beings is as we go to pay less and less attention attention. You know that's true. You can make application in some area of your life. When you're called into accountability on something, maybe some new inspection at work or maybe the doctor's office or some area of your life where you're tested and given new instructions and you walk out of there saying, I'm going to stay on top of this now, right? And you do for a little while And then a little while goes by and you don't. And then a little while after that you don't. Why? Because our tendency is as time goes on to pay less and less attention to it. What he's telling us, what the writer here is telling us is that we ought to give more and more of our attention. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things of God. Not less and less, more and more. The older you get, you ought to give more and more attention to the things of God. 
The more your life, the more complicated your life gets, the more involved your life gets. Don't give less and less attention to the things of God. Give more and more attention to the things of God. The more earnest heat, not only that, but pay attention to it better than we do to other things. The more earnest heed. There are things we check on a monthly basis. There are things we check on a weekly basis. There are things we check on a daily basis. There are things that you check several times every day. All right? You, I have no doubt there's some people here that that check your weight every single day. I do not. Mine's a little more weekly. I don't know why. We have a digital scale. When I get on the digital scale, it just says the letter E. I don't know what, the, what that, that's a new Roman numeral or what that is. But that sort of discourages me from weighing every day. And, uh, but I have no doubt there's people that you're on top of it, man. You're checking the ounces every single day. Uh, but there's other things that we check on a monthly basis, you're maybe looking at the mileage or seeing if it's time to get the oil changed yet. There's things you check on. Probably if you drive every day, you're probably checking your gas gauge at least every day. Or you've got it in your mind, uh, I got uh, gas three days ago, so probably I need to be prepared to stop. There's things you check regularly is my point. There's things you check many times a day. If, you're, if you do a lot of email, you check your email many times a day. You may check, if you use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you may check several times a day to see what someone has posted or see how someone has responded to something you posted. There are things we check many times a day. But to the things of God, we ought to give the more earnest heed. How many times a day do you and I check in with God? How many times a day do we take another dive into the cleansing power of God's words? Now, I don't mean that you just, you know, you, you pull out your big authorized 1611 and, and in the middle of, you know, I, I'm, how about just consulting the word that you've hidden in your heart? How many times a day do you check in with God? We ought to give the more earnest heed. That's the challenge here. Now, interesting is the subject of the challenge. He said we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. It's very interesting. God has been building you for some time. You know, God was even building you spiritually before you got saved because he was preparing you to get saved. And God has been building you since you've gotten saved. And he says, the things which we have heard, which is extremely interesting, because understand, when when the book of Hebrews was penned, these believers did not have a written copy of the Bible. The, The New Testament wasn't completed yet, and even the books that had been penned hadn't been copied People didn't walk around carrying their Bible. They didn't have one. Even at home, they didn't have one. We found out Wednesday night that until the printing press, at any given time, there were more than, get this, 30 complete copies of the, of the whole Bible in one place in the whole world. So this thing of we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things 
which we have heard. You have a very personalized Christian experience. There are things that you have heard that God has caused you to hear that he has not caused me to hear. Because God is building you. I'm talking about some message by some preacher in the middle of the night while you're driving, some preacher on the radio. I'm talking about some, uh, you know, you were on vacation. I was just thinking this morning about the uh, last vacation we, we went on was uh, 2013. We went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and just randomly, we asked the Lord to lead us, but randomly picked a church that night and one of the most office, awesome services I've ever been in. God had that all set up for us. He allowed us to hear. God has allowed you to hear some things that are uniquely for what he is building you to be. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Can I ask you, what are you writing down as you go? I, without exaggeration, have thousands of pages of notes that I've taken since I was a boy. They're scattered all over the place. Some are here, some are in my parents' house, some are at my house, they're all over the place. You say, do you go back and read them all? No, because to be honest with you, the, their greatest impact was in me writing them down at the time they were spoken. Sometimes I do go back and look at them. I grabbed a couple Bibles off my shelf this morning. This is, this is either my second or third Bible. I had this when I was a teenager. When I went to Word of Life Camp in Scroon Lake, New York, this is the Bible I carried with me, and I know that because two of my counselors, when I was 13 years old, signed it. There, one of them was a, a remember, how do you remember the guardian angels in New York City? There was a guardian angel named Tony Mayo that was one of our counselors that week. His signature's right here, and um, I'm looking at the signature of Jack Wurtzen here, uh, a pastor that used to pastor in New York City named Tom Maharis. I got his uh, signature, Robert D. Crichton, Wally Beebe, Richard Ferrari, Clarence Sexton when he pastored in, in New Jersey, Bill Pennell, Gary Coleman, Curtis Hudson, David Gibbs. This is my teenage, my early teenage Bible. This is the Bible that I carried with me on a week that changed my life when I was uh, 14 years old. This uh, very first week of June. This very first week of June, in fact, no, it's off by two days. I was going to say it's the same number, but it's not. Uh, but this, the first week of June, 1981, I was 14 years old, and I went to uh, ACE Student Convention in, uh, at Rutgers University in New Jersey, and this is the Bible I carried me, with me when I went. And um, I've always taken notes in my Bible. I opened this up this morning. This is awesome to Janine, to Dale Ann. I opened this up, and the first page of notes in the back of my Bible it says, uh, 517.81, Pastor Dale Bertalovitz, those whom God will punish. Eight groups of people that God will punish. This is the message, Zephaniah 1, on that day in May back in 1981. I was 14 years old. You want to read the list? There's eight people. People who are stumbling blocks, people who practice idolatry, nature worshipers. That's a cool one. Um, hypocrites, the high and the mighty, the covetous, the egotistical, and those who walk like blind men. I'm sure those are right there in the text there in Zephaniah 1. Wrote that down. The Bible says, give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. I wrote down, 
in my Bible the things that uh, uh, I, I got written here from sometime when I was 13, 14 years old. Christian responsibility. Number one, evangelization of the sinner. Number two, edification of the saint. Number three, exaltation of the Savior. I may preach that next week. That's a good outline right there. Give the more earnest heed to the things which... Can I ask you something? The things that God did in your heart in days gone by, do you still revisit them? I don't mean you got to have them written down and open it up and read. I mean, that won't hurt for you to do that. I'm talking about, are you just cruising on what you got yesterday? Or do you revisit the principles that your early Christianity was built upon? Of course, I'm talking now to people who've been saved five or ten years. Do you revisit those things that God gave you very early on? This, look at this. This is the cover from a Bible that I had when I was a bus worker. The, the, most of the Bible is gone, but this was a complete Bible. It was about this thick, and I used this as a bus captain. I looked at this this morning in preparation for this message. Right there is a, uh, the names of about 100 and 150 people that used to ride, ride my bus, and I'd pray for them. That was my prayer list. I'm looking at the name of a young lady right here that her, she, has a, she still rides the bus to church, and she has a son in City Baptist School. She rode Brother Zach's bus when, she, when, when he was a bus captain. Prayed for her when she was a teenager. She rode my bus. There's a boy's name on that list that this week, I think it was Monday or no, it was Tuesday. After, I haven't seen this kid in 25 years. He reached out to my wife on Facebook. He said, you remember me? My name is Julian Condi. And, and she said, sure. And he said, uh, he said would, would you have Brother Joe give me a call? And he sent his number and I called him. And I haven't talked to him in 25 years He's, he's been in the Army. He's done four tours in Iraq. Now he's, uh, he's married, expecting his first child. He's living in Orlando. It was just unbelievable. I prayed for him 30 years ago on a prayer list. In the back of this Bible, though, is uh, statements. When I listen to I do to this day. I did then, I do now. When I listen to preaching, something moves my heart. I write it down. Like this, live according to principle, not according to what the outcome will be. I wrote that when I was, well, 21 years old. Your purpose determines your practice. Opposition is not for you to run from, it's for you to run through. If there's no struggle, there's no joy in the victory. The most important day that God has for you is today. Give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. What are you storing up for your own future? You know, you can look and say, oh, can't mean, here we go again, yada, yada, yada. Or you can say, God, what do you have for me? Now, I was a dopey 14-year-old kid going into that meeting in, in uh, New Jersey in 1981. I wasn't saying, Lord, what do you have for me? But by the grace of God, something in my heart was reaching out to God because he gave me stuff that week that, that moves my heart to this day. This one of my Bibles from college. This is the one I would have carried to class. And this, the front pages, by the way, there's, there's my sweetheart right there from college. But, and uh, look at this. I just noticed this. 
You know the song that Amy sang in our CD, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. That only, it's an old, old song. It only has one verse. So to sing it in chapel, they said it's too short for you to sing in chapel. So she wrote the second verse. And she put it on a three-by-five card. Here it is. And I, I forgot about that. Bless the Lord who died on Calvary to take my sin away. I will live with him in heaven some bright and glorious day. He'll guide me through the valley and give me strength to stand. For my life is his possession. I'm safely wrapped in his loving hand. I had no idea that, that when, you, when I taped that in my Bible that you were going to record that song someday. That's pretty cool. But here's some statements. God will not prepare an instrument and never use it. I told this one of my Sunday school class this morning, if I were to, Dr. Curtis Hudson, if I were to walk through this room and ask every person what you're doing for Christ, you ought to be able to tell me. A scholar is not somebody who complicates simple matters. A scholar is somebody who takes complicated matters and simplifies them so everybody can understand them. Obey the Holy Spirit because the people with you don't know what the person in you is saying. I got four or five pages just inside of this Bible. Statements that as I went along, God, things that God, God caused me to hear that I need to give the more earnest heed to. Do you know why people change as they get older? Because they're listening to today, but they're not listening to what God gave them 20 years ago. The challenges give the more earnest heed. The subject, the things which we have heard. Why? The reason is in that word, therefore. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Well, as you know, therefore sends you back. So you got to go back to chapter 1. Oh, man, we could study for weeks and weeks and weeks, chapter 1. But let me summarize just a couple of the things in chapter 1. We need to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard because God has spoken to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. We need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard because Jesus is the character of God engraved into a human life. It says that clearly in the first couple of verses of Hebrews 1. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard because Jesus single-handedly purged us from our sins. Oh, the more you study Hebrews chapter 1, the more you find out why you need to give the more earnest heed. Hey, it's not time to let up on what God's taught you. It's time to hammer down on what God has taught you. It's not time to back off from the Christian life that God has handed to you. It's time to increase. What's the risk of not doing that? He said, lest at any time we should let them slip. Here's what we don't get. We, we like it when God strengthens us. We like it when God puts us in a better place, a stronger place. But we assume that we're always going to stay there. And the Bible warns us, oh no, if you don't give the more earnest heed to the things that you have heard, they can slip. They can slip away from you. It can happen at any time. Lest at any time we let them slip. And how do they slip? We lose them from our heart. Hey, what was in your heart the first couple of years after you got saved that's not there anymore? Because you let them slip by not giving them more earnest heed. 
We can lose them from our character. You used to be disciplined in your walk with God. Now look, walking with God is not just all about habit and discipline, but you won't have a close walk with God if it's not disciplined. In other words, what I'm saying, if all you have is a paper with a bunch of check marks saying, I did it, I did it, I did it, you don't have a walk with God. But you won't walk with God if you don't have some sort of a Bible reading routine. So don't downplay either one of those things. You need a schedule. You need routine. What is it? Has the discipline gone from your prayer life? Do you meet with God on purpose every day? If you used to and you don't now, they have slipped. If you used to be faithful to assemble with God's people and you don't now, that has slipped. You d- Stop blaming it on everything else under the sun. If you used to be faithful to assemble with God's people and you don't, something has slipped. Church attendance is one of the best barometers of spiritual health that there is. When somebody starts drifting away from assembling with God's people, something has gone sour in their spiritual walk. You can bank on it. So if you used to be faithful to assemble Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and now you're not, something's something's off. And instead of getting angry at me, you should assess your heart and your relationship with God. We lose them. They slip from our heart. They slip from our character. By the way, they slip from our family. When you sell off the earnest, passionate faith that you were given, guess what? Your kids don't catch it. So watch good because I just want my kids to be normal anyway. Okay. You know, normal includes a whole lot of pot smoking. Normal includes some drinking, some nightclubs, some, some hanging out, some multiple partners. Oh, there's a lot that goes into normal. If that's what you want, okay, yeah, selling out your faith is a good way to get there. I don't think that's what you want. I want my kids to have a stronger faith than I have. I don't want my faith to slip because I don't give more earnest heed to the things that I have heard. And then lastly, not only do they slip from our heart and our character and our family, they slip from our faith. You know the worst thing about this pop culture Christianity that, you know, we just, first of all, God is suddenly a Sunday morning only God. And then church is a rock concert. And we go and we rock out for Jesus. And that ought to embarrass everybody that calls themselves a Christian. The worst part about it is it's a dead end. There's nothing for the next generation. So it's real trendy now. But there's nothing for the next generation. Because nothing gets passed on. It's all about... Pulling, we're, we're trying to pull the world into the church. And as we've learned Wednesday night, that doesn't make the world more Christian. It makes the church more worldly. We let them slip. 
We let things slip. We let our faith slip. We've got nothing to hand the next generation. Because our kids, the next generation, I'm not even talking just about our own children now. I'm talking about the world in general. Look and say, where's the church? Just like you hear saying the media now, where's the church? Where are the church? I'll tell you where the church is. An entire generation of American Christians have let it slip. That's where it is. And it doesn't matter if sticking with the Bible means that we have 300 people or three people. I really don't care. I really don't. I want to stand before God and say, by the grace of God, we didn't let it slip. We gave the more earnest heed to the things which we heard. Father, I pray that you'd help us, please, to be faithful to your word. Help us, please, Lord, not to get so caught up in the cares of this life that we let slip the doctrines of the faith and the habits of the faith and the the disciplines of the faith and the passionate walk with you. Lord, we've been handed some amazing treasures and, Lord, generations of Christians have lived uh, outside the camp bearing the reproach of Christ, being persecuted and martyred because they wouldn't cave on their Bible principles. And I pray, Lord, that you would keep us from throwing away what we've inherited by buying into this pop culture church garbage. Help us to stay true to you, true to your word, true to the faith, and not let them slip. Help us to give them more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Let's stand.